Lights, Camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome back to Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chen. This week we are kicking off a new mini-series on a television show called Hong Kong West Side Stories. It is an anthology of short stories of the everyday life of people in Hong Kong. As per tradition of this show, I think it's worth it to explain my reasons in choosing this mini-series. For one, it's timely. I can argue that most classic Hong Kong movies and television shows were produced between the late 70s and 1990s, during the golden age of Hong Kong cinema, so to speak. The previous Hong Kong movie that we featured on this show was In the Mood for Love by director Wong Kar Wai. It is one of the most internationally acclaimed films of the 20th century, and it was released in the year 2000. While there are exceptions, Movies and television shows coming out of the Chinese islands since the new millennium have largely been lackluster in quality. But while movies produced in Hong Kong don't have the quality they used to have, and most of them don't tackle profound themes or emotions, the modern Hong Kong cinema does present a side of life that is more approachable, relatable to the general audience. More and more often, the movies and TV shows tend to tell stories of the average people in their everyday struggles, such as handling a mean boss, navigating a new workspace, chasing after women, or quibbling over mundane annoyances, such as the line at the local grocery store. There is no sense of drama and grandeur that we used to see in past Hong Kong movies. But in a sense, these uh, less expensive productions are also more relatable to an audience that just want to kick back and have fun. And the television series that we are going to talk about today is a good example of where Hong Kong movies and TV shows are headed in this era. Its 12 episodes tell nine different stories of everyday people in Hong Kong who struggle with work, living conditions, and romance which are things that are universally relatable. The series also tackles issues that are very unique in this part of the world, such as the prevalence of fraudulent activities, both in real life and on the internet, as well as the exorbitant housing prices that force people into tiny, tiny apartments. This series stands out for many reasons, but what is worth mentioning first before we start, appropriately, it's its title sequence. During the title sequence before each and every episode, we as the viewers are presented with a montage of newspaper clippings and internet website screenshots. They tell some of the wackiest, most unexpected news stories, such as a parent who accidentally sends a pornographic video into a parent's chat group, a man who gets busted for claiming that he has telepathic power to talk to animals, and a house owner that rents out a bed for 1,900 Hong Kong dollars or 240 US dollars a month. 
And it also includes a very controversial news of a man who murders his pregnant girlfriend while they're traveling through Taiwan, and he returns to Hong Kong afterwards. These are stories that have happened in real life, and the filmmakers behind the show have used them as inspirations when writing and producing the fictional series. Well, with that out of the way, let's get into the series. And a quick note. I'll group the episodes together with their common themes instead of presenting them in the order that they are presented in the show, and hopefully, this way we get to understand the characters more thoroughly. Let's start with episode ten, called "Missing Love Chances," or I think its Chinese title "Du Nan Ai De Ji Hui," which roughly translates to "The Opportunity of Love for a Single Man," is more telling of the things to come. 毕咗业三年，明明我一个写 program 嘅人，踏咗 IT 部之后，个个都。The show starts with the monologue of a young office worker. His name is Ku, and he works in the IT department of his office. He is complaining about everybody has been bugging him for fixing all kinds of things, most of which are not even related to computers, such as a water cooler. But before he even finishes his monologue, his manager calls him into his office. Hey, Ah, Ku 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 Ku, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh. His boss basically bullies him into replacing his broken monitor on company fund. Ku's is not happy about it, but he does get a chance to fix another computer besides this, and that gets him the chance to meet with Wendy. A female staff member from another department. After Ku helps solve her computer issue, Wendy asks whether he could come over to her place in the weekend to help her assemble a new computer. I don't think we even need a translation at this point to get a sense that Ku is really excited about this. He says during his internal monologue that he's finally getting the opportunity to get to know someone cute and nice, and that he might even get lucky, and finally puts an end to all of the mocking that he receives because he's a virgin. In this respect, the show is quite similar to a lot of Western comedies, such as American Pie. Where the protagonist is often an awkward teenager or a young man who struggles with his identity as a virgin, and that his effort to put an end to that often kicks off a series of unexpected and comedic events. For the rest of the day, Ku feels that he's on cloud nine and almost couldn't contain himself. When he goes to a local computer store after that day. His words come out all wrong as he tells the clerk that he's trying to buy parts for a woman instead of buying parts for a computer. Minutes later, we see Ku walking down with Wendy, and the two are having lots of fun chatting with one another. The entire montage gradually turns purple on screen, and obviously something is off. Moments later, the screen color becomes normal again, and we see Ku standing in the middle of a shopping mall, and imagining the whole conversation with Wendy in his own head. 
when he thinks life couldn't get any better, Ku gets a call from Wendy, and she tells him that her boyfriend will be taking care of that computer for her, and that she wouldn't need his help anymore. For a few minutes, Ku pretends to be okay, but just moments later, he breaks down in tears. The disappointment and heartbreak was just too much to handle. Month passed, and Ku is still single. While he was working overtime one evening, another female colleague comes over and asks him whether he'd like to order takeout together. Ku's luck doesn't really turn around though at this point, because he accidentally turns on his boss's computer that was waiting for repair, and the screen shows a pornographic website, and that scares the young lady away. Another couple days pass, and on New Year's Eve. Ku is still bemoaning his loneliness in his little apartment. The camera scans through the room, and we can see that his room is filled with comic books, video games, and animation action figures—a pretty stereotypical setup for a computer geek. While he's playing games on his phone and awaits the New Year countdown, a number of messages come in his way. The first one was a guy from his company proposing to do a gift exchange among the colleagues. Then a few other messages show up in his notifications. The conversation looks like a few of his friends are talking about women. Ku is busy with his game and doesn't want to be bothered. He quickly swipes down a message notification and makes a sex joke and carries on with his game. Before he knows it, notifications quickly pour in, and Ku's colleagues are all taken aback by his remark. Some are stunned, and several others are amused. Pokas. He has sent the message to the wrong chat group, and he couldn't retract it. The next day, many female colleagues distance themselves from Gu and remark on him being nasty and all that. A new colleague walks in by his desk and tries to strike up a conversation, but Gu turns the young lady away. At this point, he has had enough. He says to himself that he no longer wants to be rejected by women, and that he will focus all of his attention on video games from this point on. Ku is clearly an archetypal figure in a film setting. While staffers in an IT department aren't really known for their outstanding social skills, it is still hard to come across someone in the real world who is as socially awkward as Ku, and not to mention one with such a series of unfortunate encounters. However, I think Ku's story is still representative of a lot of young men in the modern age. Much of their time and attention have been consumed with computer games and Japanese animes, which lead to reduced time spent with real people. Many schools and companies actually have to change their schedules and implement special programs to encourage people to go out more and talk to real people instead of spending time with their phones all the time. Such is the story of the digital world that we live in.
Thank you for listening to Lights Camera Asia. I had a lot of fun preparing and writing this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it too. Please tune in next week, and we'll continue to look at the stories in Hong Kong West Side Stories. I'm Jake Chen. Talk to you then. <laughs>